So we have Megan with us today. She's our director of HR. It sounded just like Howard Stern. Good morning. <laughs> we got Megan here with us today. Hey now, good morning. All right, boys. Yeah, hey, thanks for rolling. coming on. Yeah. Hey, no we problem. know you're the busiest person in Inchinco, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Chasing after all of us. Yeah. Cleaning up our messes. Absolutely full-time job. So Megan, you are training right now for a half marathon. I am. I asked her this morning if she would do one with me in February. She says she absolutely needed, not. Absolutely not. She says she needed a couple more months. So we're thinking like May, June. Yeah. Okay. I'll All do right. one then. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna bring oxygen, water. Yep. Yep. <laughs> couple mm-hmm. band aids. Yep. I'll need it. And for uh, Jeff, be fun. Not for, for you. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me uh-huh. and a golf cart carries <laughs> rest of the way. So Megan, you came on board about a year and a half ago. Yeah. So. Uh, we never had HR Correct. before you. We yeah. had so, some people that, that played HR, but we never had HR before right. you. Tell me what it was like cleaning up the Inchico mess. Okay. So I think the biggest thing when I started is everything was decentralized. So every function had their own payroll person, their own systems, their own process, their own payroll cycles, insurance even. Everything was decentralized. So that was coming in and trying to figure that out was big. Also, you know, I I had to come in and get my bearings around just compliance, you know, making sure that people had I-9s on file, making sure we had labor posters up and that they matched the decor of our buildings. And um, so that was kind of my first 90 days was coming in, making sure we were compliant, making sure that we were kind of standardized and centralized as you know, I jumped into everything. Um, but yeah, a year and a half I think what's later, cool is like, you know, whenever you hire somebody and then they work there for a week and then they come back to you and say, okay, guys, I'm doing this, 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 this. Okay, okay, good, go. Like, that is the best person to hire because you don't feel like you have to tell them anything. Like, if I had to tell you how to do your job, like, HR is in trouble. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you came in and you said, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, shake your head yes, and then you went and implemented it, which I think was a big burden off our back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I fully recognize that you guys don't have an HR background. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, So, but I also appreciated the fact that you recognized that you needed somebody to take the reins and then implement, and um, that was was big for me. Um, But, yeah, I had to come in. I had to take a quick assessment and figure out what we were missing and then also understand the business. I think that's a piece that HR, HR's reputation is really like they're administrative, they're pushing papers, they're, they're like on the process policies side, but HR has the biggest impact in a business when they understand the business, when they understand what the goals and objectives are of that, of that company. So when somebody comes into a new company as HR, compliance is important, making sure you understand the process is important, but really getting into the nitty gritty of the business is really critical, and that's how you make the biggest impact from an HR perspective. Can I? Can we tell my favorite HR story? It's sure. actually not about you, it's actually about Johnny. <clears throat> sure, okay. go for it. Uh, so, you know, Johnny's the biggest pushover in the world. Not true. And um, we never let him fire people for sure, because there's this one time where there's a guy who was just creating chaos in the company, and needed to be fired a year before he did and I sent Johnny in the to let him go and the guy came out with a raise and he still had his job and so from then on we maybe we left Megan I would say I'm long suffering he's very he's too long suffering we let Megan take care of take care of all that right yeah. so I think another thing that we 
that you really helped us, and I think probably one of the biggest ways that you helped the company is that people would come into an interview with me or Johnny, they would feel warm and fuzzy, they would be so excited to work with us, we'd hire them, two weeks later they show up in the building, and Jeff and John are nowhere to be found. Yeah. Right? Like, they're like, where's this guy that was in the interview? Like, he was, out, we were going to do great things together, and we were going to work together every day, and go for lunches, and play golf, and I haven't seen him in three months since yeah. we got hired. And so I think, like, you're really creating, like, a first, like, 90 days, 30 days, really, like, know, who do you report to, where do you report to, what's your, you know, expectations of the first beginning part of the job. Like, tell me a little bit about onboarding somebody and, like, creating expectations at the beginning that they don't wake up one day and, like, man, Johnny and I were best friends during the interview. He doesn't talk to me now. <laughs> yeah. So what I have found is, first of all, we're not for everybody. So our company is very fast-paced, lots of driven people, um, not a ton of processes, right? So for people who come from established businesses, they may not be comfortable in our environment where we're go, 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 we're building processes and policies, we're building the foundation as we run. Um, so setting that expectation on the front end is really important so that people don't come on board and they're not like, what, what is this? Like, this is not at all what the expectation was. So setting that expectation through the even pre-onboarding process as they're interviewing and working through paperwork, really helping them to understand what the first 90 days are going to be. And then afterwards, it's touching base. It's making sure that the leadership, their management, is touching base with them at 30, 60, 90 days. We're, as an HR team, touching base with them, making sure that they're okay. Um, asking them, you know, was this what you expected when we interviewed you? Um, and then tweaking as we go. So we, we've established those processes to make sure that the onboarding is what, what it should so be. So Brian, what was, uh, we hired Megan. <clears throat> she said she wasn't gonna be here forever. That's true. She said, what did she tell us about when she was leaving? Yeah, so Megan has a side hustle, and she's a very talented baker, and she was going to start her um, her business at her house. Yeah. And uh, Jeff and I had some other plans there. Well, she had to wait until the dog died. Till the dog yeah, died to get her license. Died. She had to wait till the dog yeah. died in order to get her license, right? So, yes, I do have a licensed bakery in my home because my dog did die. Oof. So, all of that happened. I like the culture of this company. I like the pace. I love the people. Um, so I don't want to go anywhere. That's good. Well, we love you. When did you guys decide you needed HR? So obviously, maybe Johnny could talk a little about this. Yeah, I mean, you started out at well, thirty people, and now we're close, you know, three hundred plus. But there was a point in the middle. Well, I was thinking. I think everybody that has a small company goes through this transition. And you know, when we started off with my dad, you know, back when we were 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know. Dad just decided he needs somebody, you know, and he'd go out there and hire someone. I think that's like most we get a home Depot. most people do, you know, go and they look for people and, you know, they find somebody who is like them, who works hard, hire them. They can't really afford the benefits. They can't afford HR when you're a young company. So you're really like you're playing HR, you're playing, you know, salesperson, you know, every part of the business you play when you're a young company and the transition to where you actually need HR 
you don't really know it until you're too far in deep and then you realize I'm over my head and you need someone to come in like Megan did and bring processes and also just be able to be like that conduit between employees or a buffer between employees uh, and the owners, the, the salespeople, just to offer something uh, that we can't give. Like Jeff said, we can't give all the time that we'd love to. We love everybody that works with us, but if we give everybody five minutes a day, we would never work. So that HR buffer there, that if they do have something, do have concerns, they can go there. And, you know, Megan's just pleasant to talk to. She's nice to deal with, but she's also, she also holds the line. And I think that's something that Jeff and I, uh, what Jeff was trying to allude to the earlier story of me, is something that, you know, we love people and we hate to fire and we hate to have hard conversations. And Megan can do that in a craftful way where it doesn't feel like, you know, it's not working but she's gonna let you know and just and document it as well, which uh, when you're fast paced, it's hard to do that, to do everything. A whole other side to, I think what Megan and what a good HR director brings to the table is compensation and benefits. So I know you've done a lot of work to standardize things and make things better. You continue to work on that. Do you wanna talk a little bit about what that has looked like? Yeah, so again, as I came in, I had to understand that the this company wants to scale really, really quickly. Um, you know, you've mentioned every other podcast, right? That we're the fastest growing company in PA. And oh, thank you. Yeah, I you're welcome. To say that today. No problem. I got you. So, understanding that that's the direction that we're headed, and we are going to continue to grow really quickly. I need to put compensation programs and structure in place, and benefit programs in place that are going to help us scale and be competitive because we're trying to compete. We're, we're not small anymore, we're mid-sized, but we're trying to compete with the big dogs in the area and even outside of this area. And in order for us to compete with them, we have to, we have, to have outstanding benefits and compensation packages. So you know, there's a balance there with where we are currently and the cost of what all of that looks like compared to where we're going um, and just understanding what that path looks like. So, you know, absolutely building out a compensation structure and having, you know, the standard ranges and um, having everybody graded out um, in, in all of the positions and then also making sure that we're ana analyzing the, the benefits packages, making sure that they're competitive and people understand what our packages look like. That's really important, so. I think when Jeff and I started, you know, when you're a young business, you're Jeff and I would look for, you know, the best talent or, or the best person over the position, and we would try to pay them, you know, a dollar, two dollars, however many dollars an hour it take over mm -hmm. top their job they're at now. And that was like our strategy in hiring, you know, and many people as we can, but getting those people to come for that. As time has shifted, you know, and now we're being a lot more processed, you know, you're actually putting data behind right. that, those numbers, yeah. instead of uh, the John Senior method where you just call a number out. Yeah. One thing I appreciate about Megan, <clears throat> too, to touch on is that she allows us to have fun. Um, you know, most HR is basically like walking around with a big club, hitting people over the head whenever they look <laughs> the wrong way at somebody. I still have to do that. She still does, but she allows us to have fun. I think the biggest thing is, right, you'll allow everybody to have fun as long as everybody feels comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody feels uncomfortable, then you come down very, very hard and very, very quickly, but you still want as we talk about culture and even the stepfather, for people to be able to joke around and have fun and have a good time without feeling like everything they do is being watched, right? Yeah, definitely. And it, so as I was thinking and preparing for our conversation today, culture, our culture is very unique, right? You guys, you are very driven, but family is important. 
um, having a passion for what you do is important. And so two thoughts to that. First, Johnny, Johnny mentioned this. You guys love having that people interaction. And that's really important as we continue to grow to maintain our culture because I know that you guys would rather be out in an excavator or shoveling mulch, you would rather be next to our employees out in the field than in your offices. But you, you can't do that all the time. As we continue to grow, I know that that's a, that's a difficult transition for both of you because that's where you wanna be. And to the extent that you're still able to do that and you still wanna do that, that will help us maintain our culture as we, as we get bigger. Um, but that will continue to be a challenge. Like you're, you're not going to know every single person by name like you used to, and that's difficult. Um, I think yeah, an email went out this week, I think, with all the new <coughs> hires, and I knew one person on there, and there was probably 10 new hires. Yeah. It's very, very weird. One other thing I want to touch on is in the future, obviously, there's going to be a recession, right? Mm -hmm. And we saw, like, Amazon lay off 20,000 people and then hire them back for 25% less. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, one thing that I always preach on is that, you know, when, when, when the economy is crazy good and jobs or openings are everywhere people pay whatever it takes to get them in the door a recession comes and then everybody around them you know starts dropping 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 and we always say we want to have steady growth not go backwards in compensation right. so do you take that into account where you're like looking at comp packages and you're saying well this one-off company's over here in left field just because they need somebody for six months a year mm -hmm. versus a company that you can grow with for the next 20 years yeah absolutely so you don't, you don't always have to match everybody's compensation. You can get creative with your compensation offer, um, whether it's a, a sign-on bonus or something that covers their insurance premiums for the first year, so, something like that, get creative so that you're not adding to their base compensation that compounds year over year. Um, you also have to sell the other benefits that we offer. So we do have a lot of fun. We have employee breakfasts. We have all kinds of family events. It's because of our culture that we want people to come here. Um, so we have to do a really good job of selling that. Right. And that's not going to go away with a, re with a recession. Right. That's something that will continue to grow. And we also need to sell the fact that we are going to continue to grow very, very quickly. And that means that next year you have no clue what kind of a role you're going to be in. You can move up very fast. You can have your own team. Um, so I think those are the things that we need to sell and keep an eye on rather than just adding to base pay. Um, and continue to be creative with our with our benefits package. You know, we talk about um, benefits, but things like wellness and not just physical wellness, but also financial wellness. Those are things that we're going to focus on this year. Um, but those are those are different and unique than other companies in in the area. So, I think so let important. me ask you one question: Who hired you out of the Up Brothers? Jeffrey did. Okay. Jeez. And the second Sorry, question, Johnny. we always ask this to every podcast. We hire. Everybody comes on the podcast, we ask them the same question. Who is your favorite brother? Brian. Well, he's not a brother. <laughs> he's not a brother. Okay, let me, let me, let me rephrase Justin. this. Well, he's not in the business. <laughs> sort of. Out of Johnny and I, which one's your favorite? You both have unique qualities. And she's I love political, you isn't she? She's is political. She should run for office. Should we? Tell she probably, she's probably HR. You know. <laughs> should we tell political. them about what we were gonna do with their pictures on the office wall? What were we gonna do with their pictures? So they start out the week. Oh, even, the horse race. And then, whoever pisses you off drops yeah. down. The other one goes up. We were gonna have a horse race. You it know, ships. like at the fair where you shoot the gun at the horse and like one goes in the lead and then the next one goes in the lead. <laughs> Jeff and Johnny were gonna have horses. 
and what do you whoever, do with Johnny loses every week? He won't lose every week. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> so, I'll be down here at nighttime pulling the horse across. <laughs> so yeah, we were gonna have horse races so that you guys knew where you stood with everybody. Okay, that's we should try that. Okay. Well, I, think, I lose one week. We're nothing down. We're <laughs> nothing down. It's not think, staying up. I think back to a serious point uh, that Megan talked about and Jeff brought up about pay. Uh, I think I can go back through, I mean, I could name them at least 20 to 30 people, maybe more that started with us as, you know, making 14, 15, 18, $20 an hour in that range. And within a, like three to four years, we're making double that, you know, yeah. double the annual salary within five years, you know, double two and a half times their salary. Try not to give exact numbers because I know that my mind's like a computer. So I think like exact numbers. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to not do exact details, but the some started all. I mean, you could, you know, Matt Musser, that's, you know, our landscaping general manager. I hired him out of college. I have actually, he worked with us before he graduated from college and then came, he had offers from Brickman, a lot of national companies, um, strong offers. He came to us for a little less, but now fast forward five years, you know, I think he's making considerably more than he would have made if he would have stayed at Brickman just because of our pace of growth and because of how we treat people when they perform and they grow with us. And, you know, I could give, like I said, another 20 or 30 examples of like Matt um, that are able to take care of their family, provide really, really good salaries just because of the opportunities we have with growth. Yeah, absolutely. Megan, we interview differently though, right? What do you mean? Like you and I, we interview differently. Yes. Like a lot differently. Mm -hmm. Very so like my interview process is like ask them all off the wall questions, try to get reactions out of them and yeah. see if I can get like an intuition on how they would be under pressure, how they'd be under, um, you know, tight timelines. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, guys. That's how I interview. Yeah. How do you interview? So I I'm more behavioral. <laughs> I have a behavioral interview approach okay. where I ask how people would respond in different situations. Um, but yeah, you do you. But so your questions you're shooting from the hip you're just go 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 and seeing how they respond to you because that puts them in a stressful situation <laughs> which may or may not First 15 be minutes the being with norm us. <laughs> so um i think that that's good i think that it still gets a reaction right. out of them and you're able to figure out you know are you going to be a good fit are you going to be able to joke around are you going to be able to handle right. what we're throwing at you yeah, yeah, I think too, like, you know, every person that interviews comes into the interview probably with like practice questions with how they're going to respond, you know, commonly asked questions in an interview and they probably write them down. They know exactly an order. And then, you know, and, and a lot of times people are good interviewers because of that. Right. And like you get people that are great interviewers and maybe not great employees because they interview very well. And so I try to ask questions that uh provoke you know mental thought quickly or provoke some kind of you know strategy to answering it and i think that you know we're good i think in interviews together because i'll ask a crazy question you ask a common question i'll ask a crazy question you ask a common question and we kind of get their their mind going back and forth but at the end of the day you know it's very very hard to interview somebody th two or three times and, and yeah. know exactly who they are so you got to believe in what they say at the end of the day at some point in time and then measure you know the expectation of what you thought they were going to do when they interviewed yeah and i think again setting a really clear expectation for what this is and seeing what their response is to you know how are you going to manage how have you managed when priorities change very quickly how do you handle stressful situations? You know, those are all of my behavioral questions, but then setting the tone for this is who we are because it's really important that they're not only a good fit for us, but we're a good fit for them. And I say that 
in every interview that I'm in because I want it to be an honest and transparent conversation on the front end so that they don't, again, they don't come on board and they're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. So I like that. So when you first came to Engine Co, I mean, I'm sure you spent a lot of time putting processes in place. We were talking the other day how, I mean, pretty much there's not a, a training window. We just, we hire people and we got to go. Mm -hmm. So talk about some of those processes that you had to put in place specifically. And then if you want to scale a company like we are, mm -hmm. so how does HR and building those processes help a company grow? Yeah, so some of the processes that I think were really important, and again, it's only been a, a year and a half, but the compensation structure, um, the review of compensation when somebody's coming in based on the experience that they bring to the table, the performance process, even the, the disciplinary and coaching process, all of those things were really important because it sets expectations really, really clearly to the employees on the front end. It makes it easier, actually, for managers and leaders to hold people accountable after the fact. Um, so those are really important, but in every process that I'm implementing, in every benefit or compensation structure that I'm putting in place, I am also thinking two years down the road, knowing that we are going to be in a different place two years down the road. We're going to have different businesses two years down the road. And I want to make sure that what the work that I'm putting in now isn't only going to last six months because that's a waste of my time. And it is very important that from a payroll system implementation, like the technology that we're implementing right now to use, everything has to be scalable. Like it has to help us get to that next step. Um, so that, that literally goes into everything that I'm doing day in and day out is, is this going to be applicable two years down the road? And if it's not, how do I make sure that there's a strategy in place to get us there so that I'm not wasting time right now in the moment? It's very tactical, but then also there's a lot of strategy behind it. And we're starting to see some of that. We just acquired Regents Glen, mm -hmm. so able to kind of plug um, those employees into our systems. We're working through that now, and yeah. it just it, it'll be a good model to show that if we want to acquire a business, um, here's what we do. Here's our systems that we use that we can easily bring them into the fold. Yeah. I feel like, too, you've done a very good job of, so there's not a lot of companies in central PA that own seven to eight vastly different companies, right? You, uh, you know, you go from a golf course to a landscape company to a development to a construction company, property management to real estate to settlement. Um, it's all over the board, right? And so there's not a good playbook to look after, right? Like if you're in a manufacturing company that makes parts, there's 50,000 of them and they all look the same way and all the employees look the same way and they talk the same way and they close to the same compensation and they all, you know, in the same, when you talk about, you know, uh, somebody that's an executive at a golf course, an executive at a landscape company, an executive in a development company. There's three different people, you know what I mean? How they act, how they talk, interact with people. And so I think that you've been very good at maybe not having a playbook and understanding what that right person looks like for that business, even though you haven't seen it before in the past. Yeah. So I think that's where, you know, you're very, very strong and where you've helped the company. So I'm just, I'm just really happy that we have Megan here. I mean, Megan came from a large company and she adapts really well. So, um, yeah. we work closely together, but I really appreciate what Megan does for us. So thanks for being Megan. here thank today. You guys. And thank you. Uh, you oh, did die. Yeah. You still have your bakery business yes. and you're still with us. I am. Life's good. Life is All good. Right. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, guys. <laughs>